Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to The Selinski Strategy. Where a boomer and a millennial discuss strategy, tactics, leadership, and lots more. And give tips and tools on how to apply it to business and life. Well, welcome everybody back to uh, another podcast on what we're calling the Selensky Strategy. We have a special guest with us today. Kristen, great to have be with you again as always. We have a special guest today. His name is Tom Amistoy. He is a longtime friend from uh, church, business, uh, school, now, school, 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 school parents. Now we're in, in a, a business together in a company called focus out, which we'll talk about in a little bit, because it's uh, around this idea and the topic of uh, how networking is broken. And that's going to be our focus for the day. Uh, as we typically like to do, and I, we'll, we'll get to know Tom a little bit better. He, he is a professional marketer. He has been uh, representing major companies in global printing, imaging, promotional products, uh, apparel, uh, done amazing things, and I, and and as you'll find out, he's going to become a professional speaker, and people are going to pay him big bucks to listen to him. So you're getting the preview wow. on the Selensky strategy of his amazing sharing. So and things I'm learning right now. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And so and so uh, as we typically do, uh, like the flashback on some of the topics that we covered last time. Uh, some of the big questions of the day that we're going to cover is how networking is broken. Uh, Tom is going to share a lot about his experience and, and this uh, thing about what we call what is focus out. Um, we have resources about uh, the theories behind uh, effective uh, networking relationships, which apply in professional and personal life. And uh, a lot more that Tom is going to share from his uh, experience and expertise. So with that, thinking back to last week, Kristen, what, what topics stand out from you from our focus on, you know, what is leadership? Oh, I think last week, it was just a lot of me venting about all the bad leadership I had encountered, <laughs> you know? So um, it was a lot about what is good leadership? Who are we leading? We talked about how we are leading not only in our business life, whether or not you're an entrepreneur or not, but in your role in your company or as your um, leader in your family. So we mm-hmm. talked about that. We talked about how it's different than managing. Um, we talked about, you know, a leader really needs to drive the bus. It needs to be effective. It needs to be um, productive. And people need to be kind within that. And then I believe we also referenced the seven habits of effective leadership. Yeah, seven habits of highly effective people. Highly uh, effective, yes. Yeah, by Stephen Covey. Yes. Was, it was a great, it's a great tool. I think Tom's familiar with that oh, yeah. one as well. And uh, I think we talked about different models of leadership. Um, Turning that triangle upside down. Yeah, the servant leadership that is uh, kind of at the bottom of the organization that serves the success of the, the rest of the team with a customer focus at the top versus mm-hmm. the traditional pyramid that we think of. And then this idea of what is situational leadership as well, where leaders have to maybe modulate or change their behavior depending on the needs of the group. Mm-hmm. And that's a, been a, I know I shared it was a powerful tool for us. So we'll probably visit leadership again. It seems to intertwine with so many other topics. But with that, I want to focus on this topic of the day and the question of how is networking broken? And Tom, I'd love for you to launch us off with some of your thoughts on sure. this. Sure. We, we, we often say that networking is not working. Um, and I think it came from actually came from like a conversation you and I had many years ago for a breakfast when I was starting in a new company and you were saying, how's it going? And I, I related to you my experience from the evening before where I was going to Beverly Hills to a networking event, I was trying on different blazers and my wife was like, why are you so grumpy? Mm-hmm. And I was saying, well, I've got to go to this networking thing and I'm just not looking forward to it. And she said, well, you get to talk about yourself and what do you do for a living? Those are like your two favorite subjects. So why, why aren't you looking forward to that? I said, that's kind of a good point. But let me tell you what I think is going to happen. I'm going to be, it's going to be socially awkward. I'm going to be meeting people. They're going to be asking me what I do. I'm going to be asking them what they do. Uh, pretty soon we'll both realize that neither one of us is going to hire the other person. So we'll find a reason to get each other uh, a card so we could move on. 
and I will, you know, repeat this over and over all evening, and I'll leave with a pocket full of business cards of people that I'm probably not going to call, and I'll have given out a whole bunch of my business cards, and those people aren't going to call me. That is literally every networking event I've been to. <laughs> and, and so, uh, uh, you know, I I was saying to Tom that morning that that is exactly what happened, and he said to me. I do this several times a week. He was at that time he was a small business owner and a local politician. So there was hardly any nights you weren't glad handing somebody exactly. and, and going to <laughs> eat those mini cocktail, you know, things, uh, wieners and whatever at all these networking events. And and you know, uh, we were saying how ineffective it was. Yeah. And yeah. we said we should do our own thing. So, you know, between then and now, we started probably three versions of networking groups and it's like starting a restaurant without having any recipes because we were just like, we knew we didn't like what we were eating. So we just started things. And then slowly we, we've developed that recipe into what we think was wrong with uh, a lot of those groups and, and, and what, what was right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So well, Tom, you tell a kind of a great story. I, I'm trying to remember if it's called it's the Animal Kingdom one. Is I, that, well, is sorry, that, that's like that's kind of a fun one about networking and how we think about it, kind of along these lines. Yeah, I guess I, I I like to use an analogy that's ridiculous so we can see how we're ridiculous. So I, I was saying, you know, if it if it works like it works in networking in the Animal Kingdom, so just let me take you to the Sahara for a moment here, and let's say there's a networking event down. Uh, by the river, and um, and a, this one networker walks up to him and says, "So, hey, how are you? What do you, tell me? What are you?" And, and the first one says, "Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a, a tiger, and I'm, a, you know, or let's say I'm a lioness, and you know, I just uh, uh, what I do is I, you know, I have this old man who sits up on the hill and doesn't do much, and I have to raise these cubs and and hunt for our meals and things like that." And, um, you know, but tell me, what about, what are you, what do you do? Well, I'm a, I'm a cheetah, I'm the fastest land animal. And, you know, uh, I, I could never bring down those big antelopes that you're doing, but I can, I can get those uh, flamingos, you know, before they take off, they got a long takeoff. And then the, the, the lioness says, well, I can never get them not that, that quick. But listen, I was down by the river the other day and I saw a bunch of them there. So give me your card and I'll let you know next time that would be great. And, uh, you know, I'll do the same thing. And by the way, I'm not, not strong enough to get the uh, the large antelopes and things that you can get. So give me your card and I'll let you know next time I see them coming through the valley. And that's absurd and ridiculous of a story, <laughs> but that's uh, points out that uh, the, the what, what's happening in a, a networking group is that the predators, so to speak, are showing up, but the antelopes and the um, flamingos don't go to the networking group because mm -hmm. they don't want to be eaten. So it's mm -hmm. the same sort of thing in a lot of, these network groups were finding other people who are focused on selling their company and they're maybe thinking that they're going to run into a customer mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. but often they're going to run into other people who are focused on, on running their company and, and, and meeting other people to get business for them. And it's not that there's anything wrong with it. That was actually a pretty nice conversation between these two yeah. wild animals, <laughs> but um, people sometimes are not that polite. They're they're just kind of blowing you off when they know that you're not going to do it. Yeah. So we 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 came up with the idea of this format that would you could take the same people, but instead of the format being about um, this hire me, mm -hmm. it's about focus on the other. Yeah, and I think Tom, one of the things that I think we've talked about too, and you you've spoken on was this this I'm great story is kind of what we default to. It's like you wanna you wanna be a little um, uh, show off a little bit, you know. It's like the what what people call the elevator speech. You know, you, you tell everybody you gotta have that elevator speech well, ready, ready to go, especially when it's socially awkward. Right? Yeah, when it's socially yeah. awkward, I, you know, it's kind of like walking into that junior high school or middle school dance. You know, like, oh my gosh, I don't like being here, and you want to look your best and sound your best and be impressive. Mm -hmm. And I know when somebody is doing that with me and they're impressive. I think, wow, this person is impressive. I have to be impressive now. Mm. I have to sh tell the uh, Tom's great story. Mm. And um, 
we were identifying that, you know, I certainly do this when I'm in that environment and, um, and, and it's, it's everyone being impressive. I am unable to stop from telling the Tom's great story. I mean, I've, I've got it. I'm old. I'm old enough to, to put this story together, but the problem isn't whether or not you could tell that great story. The problem is that what the impact of that story is on the people you're talking to. Yeah. So yeah. we we found this in this podcast on tribal leadership, where the guy used the example of the I'm great tribe. I wish I could tell you his name right now. But uh, in this TED talk, he said that picture four, you know, three or four doctors getting on an elevator in a hospital and um, the elevator's door closed, real quiet. And the first one turns the other and says, well, I've just returned from receiving my fellowship award where I was recognized as one of the top surgeons in my field for this and that. And I'm here to bring that uh, recognition back here to the community in the hospital. Great to be back. And the next uh, doctor says, well, while you were staying in hotels and getting awards, I was doing more surgeries than anyone else in the history of the hospital for a month and uh, saving the lives of the people in our community. And then the third doctor says, listen, I'm trying to teach our residents the new way of doing medicine where we're focusing on DNA and RNA and, and understanding exactly what's going on with uh, the biology and the chemistry and, you know, the, a better way of, of doing medicine. And um, Anyway, about then they get to the, the, the garage and the elevator door opens, they walk away from each other. And the guy who was doing this TED talk says, what do you think they were thinking as they were walking away from each other? And his answer was, you know, I'll tell you what they're not thinking. They're not thinking about what the other two people, doctors were saying. They're probably thinking, I wonder what they thought of me when I said I got the fellowship award or I was doing more surgeries mm -hmm. or I'm teaching the better way of doing medicine mm -hmm. because the, the I'm great story does not trigger reciprocity. Mm -hmm. It triggers thinking about me and whether I'm good enough. And that's what I was doing. And that's what I still do if I'm put in that environment. And so mm -hmm. if I go to these networking groups where that's what it's about, that's why it doesn't work. It doesn't trigger reciprocity. Um, this is what what we're talking about is really what is help uh, what we've learned about effective networking and why focus out has become what it is. And we'll talk a little bit more about specifics on focus out. But what you remind me of, Tom, is the story that one of our uh, leaders shared about uh, going to a networking event, and he he uh, he. Uh, he didn't tell the I'm great story. Uh, this is Gary Pia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Did so you want to share that I story? Because that's a, that's a great story as well about this effective networking and, and how this I'm great story works against what networking should be doing. So Gary had gone to uh, a group gathered by some, uh, some professional friends that they said that we want to get the best of all of our friends together and have you meet each other. So he says, of course, everyone did. I'm great story. And he, he went around the room, I think right, he said, and, and, and he introduced realized, themselves. Right. And he says, I realized this is the I'm great story. Everyone's do, doing this. So he says, I went focus out on them. I just, I started talking. And we, we, what we purposely do is don't talk about what we do for a living until we're a couple things deep into talking. So he started talking about who he lives with and what kind of uh, dog they have and, and, a, and a few things about himself basically becoming a real person to them mm -hmm. then he mentioned that he was a wealth management and um and what he did here and there yeah he said i had a line waiting to talk to me yeah. after everyone was done and because they said what is it anybody who any, talks about their dog i want to work with. I, I would trust yeah. with my money right? yeah so, it, it was building authenticity i'll call it and and kind of trust. And there was two people in that meeting of, of like eight or ten people that were wealth were managers. In the same business he was but in. they started out saying, Hi, I'm I'm Joe Blow, I'm a wealth right. manager, and I help people manage their money, which everybody says and we nobody wants to hear. So it's it's again it's a it's a real interesting uh paradigm. I mean Kristen, you can you comment on what you're what you're hearing? Yeah, so there's there's a thing, and Lord knows where I heard it, but these, there's this rumor that it's just sort of us as Americans, we do that. And people go, oh, like, well, tell me about yourself. Well, and I'm this profession. And they go into their profession of what they do. 
But if you go to other parts of the world and you go to Italy and you say, well, what do you do? Well, I'm a baker and I bake all this stuff. Oh, so you have a restaurant. No, I'm, I'm an accountant, but I'm a baker. You know what I mean? And, and mm. Right. They talk about like who they are as individuals first. And so now I've sort of, when people say like, oh, what do you do? It's like, well, I'm an artist because that's what I do. And whether I'm sitting down and coloring a coloring book or if I'm designing somebody's home, I'm an artist first. It doesn't matter the medium. So I just always thought that's interesting and it's part yeah, of the whole, cool. I'm great. I think, I think it's a lot of, of Americans doing that. And I noticed a lot, especially in LA, there's this mindset of your value is based on how busy you are and whoever is the busiest is the most important. And when I had moved to Denver, that does not exist. It is a very different mindset. And people are just sort of like, wow, you're really busy. Well, how's your mental health? well, what do you need to do? Well, let's go to a hike. Let's do some yoga. Let's do this. And, and you really, Great. you mm -hmm. slow down a lot and it's a completely different mindset. And when I had moved back to Los Angeles, it was, I remember the moment I was on the 101 and I was headed towards Thousand Oaks. I was passing Valley Circle. And I, I said audibly to myself alone in my car, wow, I'm really stressed. And I caught myself and said, like, no, I'm not. I'm having the best time ever. This is fantastic. I don't know why I said that to myself because it's not true. But I got caught up in this mindset of hearing everybody go, I'm so stressed. I'm so busy. And I, I just sort of check myself. I'm not. I'm incredibly blessed. I'm as busy as I want to be. And if I ever reach that point where I'm mentally telling myself that, I'm like, you know what? Then maybe I need to check in and be like, hey, let's slow it down because I'm an artist and I'm creative first and everything else is just the minutia. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yep, totally. yep. and I, I remember, um, my first focus on meeting with you guys, you did that, you know, we, we went around and you asked me, you know, Kristen, what are these five things about yourself? And I thought it was so silly at first. And then you explained it. And I thought, well, this is brilliant, but yeah. I guess I have a question going into it and maybe you can help me with it. Um, I've been working a lot on emotional intelligence and part of that is looking at your actions and how you approach a situation and how you especially approach a situation with somebody who does not have an emotional intelligence. And if we apply that to networking and let's say we're at a networking event and um, let's say I don't have, I'm, I'm on my, I'm great speech and I'm there and I'm the cheetah and I'm moving forward and you are there and you have your emotional intelligence. You're going to talk about your five things. How do you, sort of redirect and slow that person down and change the conversation and change the momentum actively in that. I mean, so I, I'm thinking as you're describing that, I'm thinking about a networking event I went to not long ago where I even, I think we were talking about that I was going to be going to this. And I said to myself, I am purposely not going to answer the question. Hmm. So what do you do? Cause that's the question like, Oh, hi, Kristen. So mm -hmm. what do you do? Mm -hmm. You know? And so I was asked, eight times in that afternoon networking event so what do you do and i purposely didn't ask answer it and nobody <laughs> noticed and it, i mean it was yeah. simply like people saying so what do you do and i said well let's start with you you know just turning it right to them and and i, I was thinking why is it you know and, and there was a few people but when you do that well and you say a couple follow-up questions they notice i'm just talking about me and they, they sometimes will catch themselves mm -hmm. and turn around and say, now that they've caught up to themselves and they're saying, now tell me, you didn't tell me about you. That's, that's what we want to have happen. We want them to, to get all caught up in getting out what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's two things I think that's going on here. It's the environment that, that, that mm -hmm. you're in. Yeah. So how do you turn somebody in that environment that is being a shark tank uh, yeah they're being manipulated by the environment it's a stressful socially awkward event we wouldn't go to it unless we had to and we're going to it because i need to get some business i need to get some customers and that's that's i think what we've discovered is kind of the focus out difference too it's about we're focused on relationships we're not about transactions but we understand that if we start with relationships we actually can help each other more in the long run on that relationship yeah. than ever before. Because if you think about it, if you're sitting in a room of 10 to 12 people, yes. right? And uh, I think the statistic is that everybody has about on average 500 people in your network. And if they're willing to open up 
we build a trusting environment where we're focused on helping each other right. connect, then it's really like you're not sitting with 10 people, you're sitting with 10 times 500 people. You're really sitting with 5,000 people in that room. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's powerful if you're willing to share connections and your network. So the first thing we started noticing and focus out was that there's some people that are takers and there's mm, some people yeah. that are givers. Mm -hmm. And then that was really reinforced by Adam Grant's book, Give and Take. Mm -hmm. And we started thinking, okay, there's givers, there's takers. You can't get a taker to stop being a taker. And, and it'd be great if givers were the only ones in the world. But then there's this thing in between them, which is a matcher, which sort of like, if you show me generosity, then I match that generosity. Mm -hmm. So if I said, you know, no, you tell me about you, then they would match that. Yeah. Can I, I want to yeah. throw a, a question at Kristen to see how she responds to the givers, takers, and matchers. Because Adam Grant did research oh, in, in his book on give and take about who is the most successful in the, in the world, in a sense. In business in, or in business or, or life in terms of the three groups. Was it givers, matchers, or takers? And Kristen, what do you think? Or who do you think? Are the most successful based on his research. Oh, it has to be a matcher. He was he was actually saying, which group do you think is at the bottom? So like they 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 were testing medical school, law school students, mm -hmm. um, and and people in sales, whatever. Which group was it? The givers or the takers that were at the bottom of the success? Yeah, I was, was going to get there. I was going to yeah. get there. But she, she said matchers. She I thought, think matchers are probably the most successful because they know when to set a boundary that they've given too much. And I think mm -hmm. the givers are probably at the bottom because if you're constantly giving of yourself and you're not setting boundaries, I mean, it's and this applies to personal life too. If you're constantly giving and you're not filling up your cup, then you're running on empty. Yeah, well, it was interesting uh, in, in thinking about this. Matchers were not the most successful. The data showed that givers were the most successful. Really? Turning, yeah, yeah, based on his data. Turning that around, who do you think was the least successful? Oh, the takers probably uh, then, if you're flipping it around that way. Uh, no, according God, to the data. I am so wrong on all yeah, of these. Yeah, yeah. According to the data. <laughs> we all were wrong. Yeah, we all were wrong. <laughs> according to his data, the givers were the least successful also. So the givers were at the bottom of the success uh, group and at the top of the success group. And the difference was, if like you're saying, you were letting people take advantage mm -hmm. of you, then you, you like, let's say um, it's law school or something like that, and you are uh, taking notes and somebody, you know, wasn't at the class and you gave them your notes, and then they, they are not reciprocating at all, they're not helping you, well, then they just have something that you didn't, you don't have, you know. but. But really, as you start going through things like the second and third and fourth year of law school, you better be in study groups and you better be helping each other. So the, the, the givers who are um, being other, what we called otherish and being about the other, but not, I guess. Not the, giving to excess, it's, I think it's, is the difference. It's like we think of. Don't, or we, burnout. We know what selfish is. Mm -hmm. And so it's the opposite of selfish being selfless. What is. But in a, in a business term, there's another opposite to selfish, which is being other-ish. And that's not necessarily selfless. Yeah. yeah. You're still, you're still wanting to have some boundaries like you were suggesting, Kristen. So you're, right, you're really right on the point of, yeah. the, of being a successful giver. You've got to have boundaries. You know, but you're, exactly. also, you're also open to know that you're going to give. And my, at least my experience tells me that if, I, if I'm giving, helping build relationships, helping someone else, in the long run, I believe somehow it will come back to me and, and, and benefit me in some way, be it, be it business or social or personal. You know, there's, there's something. Well, it's, it's business karma. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. And that really is a good analogy because helping somebody else without expecting anything in return is actually the best thing I could do for my business mm -hmm. or the returns I get from it. Mm -hmm. Because, you, you know, I think we have an excellent filter on people who are being genuine or being mm -hmm. superficial. And we create an environment in networking a lot of times where it is a superficial environment and I feel I need to protect myself and I end up being superficial. And if, if 
if we're going in there and reciprocating all the superficialness, we're not getting anywhere. No one's getting if anywhere. If I stop yeah. protecting myself and I actually am curious about you, and we talked about relationships, this, Kristen, is the secret to relationships. I'm about to give it to you right now. It's curiosity. It really is. It is better for me to be interested than be interesting. I, if I'm, can you if, say that again? Because I think it's profound in a lot of yeah, ways. It is better to be interested than to be interesting. And I did this wrong for so long. I set up my life to be interesting. I, I was, you know, worried about what people thought of me. So I uh, did all these things. I tried to become extraordinary in all these ways that people couldn't compete with me on. And I, if you had brought up one subject, I could talk about that and this. And it wasn't, you know, sometimes people were, were asking questions or whatever, but it, it didn't draw people to me. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. actually when I'm, when I'm asking you follow-up questions and I'm saying, tell me more about why you did that and whatever. When you're interested, relationships mm -hmm. come to you. Yeah, it's kind of a mindset, I, I think, is what we're talking about. And I think the, the, your, your point about the environment that the net networking leaders set. I mean, the, right. any environment is is so impactful, um, more than we realize. So we that. take some of those same people from that networking event where I wasn't answering the question and getting anything from it, take those same people, put them in a different environment in which it feels differently, where we actually are connected, we're actually learning who you are. We're not just saying, I wanna get out of here as soon as possible, what do you do for a living? Like, maybe are you a possible customer of mine? Oh, you're not. Okay. Um, well, then can you leave me to customers for me? Oh, you can't. All right. Well, let me get your business card and I'm going to go talk to somebody else. And add you to a list, right? Because everyone that, gets added to a list. That is where the networking is flawed. It's, 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 it's this idea that I'm going to do a transaction with you right now or else it's worth, worthless versus I want to build a relationship with you and see see that maybe I can help you, maybe we can't, maybe we'll never do a transaction, but perhaps you know somebody in your network that you might be willing to introduce me to or connect me to. Mm -hmm. I'm having like a huge parallel as you guys are talking about how, because you know, um, Tom, a, our, our new Tom, about how our podcast applies to business and life. And if we look at, at networking as, you know, as dating or, um, yeah, well, let's, let's use it as dating. There's right. a lot, you know, I think networking as it is now, the way we've been talking about how, oh, what can you do for me? What can I, you know, the I'm great speech. It's so much like online dating. Everybody has their script of, this is my favorite color and this is what I do. And this is this, and this is this. And then like you get out of it, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so sick of talking about myself. You know, like you just have your points. Nobody's asking, nobody's interested, right? You're mm -hmm. trying to be interesting and that's what it all is. And then I think, you know, it comes down to again where, okay, well, this didn't work. Okay. Well, and then it almost sometimes turns into, Oh, well, could I have this person as a client? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm single and I am pretty okay with it. Um, but you know, I, sometimes I go on these dates and it's like, Oh, well, no, it's not really working out. Well, guess what? I'm an accountant. Do you need my services? No, I sure don't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's kind of that. And I think it would be interesting and in how, if we change our view on networking, it can change also even just in friendships or building new relationships in our personal life and, and having it apply that way. I do have a question just to sort of um, address like the, the age gap is, you know, because for me, every networking event I've ever been to has been this I'm great shark tank experience. So, you know, when you guys started out in business, I mean, straight out of college, was it like that? Did the internet change it? I mean, what happened? Has it been broken for an um, entire time? Well, I think I think my experience has mostly been the Shark Tank or uh, I'm great experience in networking. And that's why we start asking questions and questioning, is there a better way? Because um, Tom and I both came from a value perspective of we really value relationships. Yes, we want to to get you know get more business for our our business but it's 
as we went on our journey, we really realized that if we focus on relationships, in the long run, it will benefit our life and business. Right. You know, I think about there's, you know, the the motivation for me to want to help you. Okay. And that could be like, you know, it could be a professional part of my job is to refer you to other persons. Like, let's say I'm a, an attorney and you say, hey, I just got a DUI. You're my attorney. What do I do? And I say, well, I don't deal with that. But I tell you what, the guy in town that does that the best is this person. I mm-hmm. could introduce you mm-hmm. to that person. Part of my job is to tell you, or let's say it's a better example. You know, you, you have a tax concern and I'm not a tax attorney, but this is a good tax attorney. And here's why you want to talk to him. So you, I, because I'm your attorney, I re- recommend you refer you to another specialist. Or I'm a doctor, I'm your general practitioner, and you have a specific thing like uh, you have cancer. Well, I don't treat cancer. I'm a general practitioner, but the best oncologist in the world, your cancer is this guy, and this is I can make an introduction to you. And that is part of that job. But a lot of us don't have the kind of job where we're connecting people. And so why would I do that as in this networking thing? Why? I, I'm being polite to you. We're meeting each other as strangers, and I could connect you to other people. But you know, what's what's the motivation for me to do that? Well, we know that the motivation is that you like me, and that you want to to connect me because, um, you I, I like I think of my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law Greg. He's this great guy in in, in Phoenix. You'd like him if you met him. He knows a lot about real estate. He's a, he's a residential real estate agent. And he's not, you know, the best real estate agent in Phoenix. He's he's a really good one. But uh, I would love if you told me you were moving to Phoenix, I'd say, you got to talk to my, my brother-in-law, Greg. And I would want him to get the business because I really like him. And I'd mm-hmm. want you to meet him because I know it would be really good for you. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I want to connect two people. Mm-hmm. It's not because it's part of my job. So if I don't care about you and I don't care about Greg, I'm probably going to walk away with your business card and not do anything. Right. So I think that conversation you're having in in Denver, where you're having those more deeper conversations that are that are beyond the surface level, mm-hmm. and you're saying, let's talk about how you're doing. That's when we start caring about somebody. Mm-hmm. And maybe the only thing that I think about from when I got first got out of college, the first job I had was uh, selling photocopiers. Mm. And I literally had to cold call offices. I had to go to like 50 or 60 businesses a day and get past the receptionist to somebody who would possibly set an appointment with me to, to look at a new copier. Mm. And although I could not actually try to get everyone to like me on what really is liking me, we were in person trying to be um, likable and trying to, you know, it's kind of like flirting a little bit in mm-hmm. business to get it's somebody sales. to see. It's yeah, sales. Yeah. It's sales. Yeah. But we were in person and it was a little bit less transactional, a little bit, you know, of more like, hey, I was just wondering if you could help me. Um, I'm supposed to do this. And maybe you could help me. And I really appreciate it. I hope you're having a great day. And it's, uh, you know, people would soften up and, and, and do that. And I think that, the world is much less with that now, and it's so much more transactional. I mean, one of the things about networking is that we looked into networking. We were doing all mm, this. That's right. Kind of the history of it, right? Networking probably goes back before language, right? Mm-hmm. Like you and me kill this mammoth and we'll eat it together, right? That's kind of networking. <laughs> and let's do it again tomorrow. Let's help each yeah. other. But um, But networking groups... And organizations and social events for business networking, they only go back to about the 80, late 80s or 90s. Because mm-hmm. before that, there was other groups where there was a lot of networking, but they weren't networking groups. So they were mm-hmm. business community. They were community groups, social groups. There was you know, a lot more of things like uh, social groups, like, uh, or not social, but, you know. Service clubs, service like, clubs like Kiwanis or, or, or Rotary. Rotary. And then there was other things like the Lions Club and 
And here in Pasadena, we have the Turner of Roses Parade. This is a really good example of what I'm talking about. The Turner of Roses, you, you volunteer and you get on committees and they point out as soon as you become a member on a committee, and you know this, you've mm-hmm. been in it for years, we're not here to solicit the other members for business. For business. And you usually you instantly say, well, good, because I don't want them to solicit mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. But then you're in committee meetings talking about this or that or whatever the subject is, and you give examples from your own job. And you're talking about, well, I've got a customer that's always asking these sort of things, and this is what we people do. People do learn about what you do. And, and then you have lunch with these people, and they're saying, you know, you're talking about that customer. You know, we really need that, too. And next thing you know, you've been networking, and you didn't even know you were doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's better networking than we, we have right now. Yeah. When there's another purpose. I was on a uh, the March of Dimes Communications Committee, Marketing mm-hmm. Committee, for years. Uh, we were all about trying to help the March of Dimes. And we were from all these companies, uh, State Farm and AOL back then and all these things. And we were talking about, it, it was the best networking I had gotten in a long time mm-hmm. because we were not focused on, there was this other thing that was going on. So when the internet came out, here's the answer to the question. When the internet came out, and technology and information is going so fast, we have less time to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Is we're so many opportunities to deal with things all the time, so I can't go to the networking, uh, uh, the the March of Dimes thing anymore, and I can't be part of the Rose Parade anymore. But I still need to network, and there's also so much more on TV. So I'm not going to go to the Lions Club and hang out with those guys. So um, we somebody says, well, let's get together just for the networking, business networking part. So these business networking groups started. And their whole purpose was business networking. Without that other element of the church we have in common, the, the mm-hmm. charity we have in common, mm-hmm. the other thing the, that we have mm-hmm. in common, and it's just networking. It's just transactional. Very transactional, focused, and, and not, uh, yeah, more yeah. superficial, more. And, uh, There's no why, do I, do, why, why do should I, I care, care to be together besides transactions? Yeah. yeah. Long answer. No, but it was in depth. (laughs) So it answered a lot of things. No, it's definitely interesting how something can make something better and worse at the same time. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Tom, I mean, we've been talking about focus out in a variety of ways uh, and explicitly too, but can you maybe give us a brief description about what one might experience if you came to a focus out meeting? I don't know if you want to give all the secrets away, but but sure. uh, but uh, can can you give us a general thing about maybe a piece, a piece, yeah, well, a first, teaser, a teaser. First thing <laughs> we're doing is trying to break you out of what you're thinking this is going to be. So right away we say, if you're a guest, you're going to go last. Let's mm-hmm. all model this first. And what we start off with is a question of the day, and the question of the day is something you can give be prepared for. We send it out an email and we want to make sure our guests know we have a question of the day. And so all the groups we have have the same question of the month. This month's question, you had it today, right? Was, mm-hmm. was has ever some, is something ever happened to you that you could not explain or cannot still explain? So it's a very non-business question. It gets you thinking about, well, there was this time that I saw somebody in the room and then they weren't there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. There was some of that today at the the Focus Out meeting. Yeah, Yeah. quite interesting, the the questions that were coming up. Yeah. But what I'm doing right there is I'm being being a real person with a story Mm -hmm. from from my my life rather than being a business card. Then the next thing we do is we say, what's new at home with – who you live with or mm-hmm. or anything like that and you could talk about i talked about um new things in my family and my adult college kids coming home and things like that and right away i'm much more than a business card and only at that point do we talk about what you what do, we for do for a profession a and then and, and yeah tell yeah. us a little bit about that and then who would you like to meet and we know when we've set this environment right and by the way we always have food also which we think we discovered is a uh, an important ingredient. Many times people said, 
maybe we just do this with laptops open and LinkedIn and looking for things. No, people love to talk about food. People love to eat food. It's a good icebreaker. They have something to do with their hands, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes you want yeah. to go. <laughs> um, and, and the other thing is it chemically in our brains, we breaking bread together, eating food mm. together, and going back for millions of years, these, this is my tribe. This is the people I want to help. So we always have food because once we're eating with people, we're more open and vulnerable. So when we have that environment right, we have food, we have uh, a revealing question, we talk about our family, we talk about uh, what we do for a living at that point and who we would like to meet for our business. We see all the time when it's that clicking on all the all, all cylinders there, people interrupt saying, I actually think I know somebody that could, I could help you. Yeah. We actually ask for a specific person. Like if you wanted to meet Terry Lundgren, the former CEO of Macy's, for example. Well, no one in the room may know that person, but they may know somebody like that person. And, and that, but that, or they may know Terry. I actually worked with Terry when I was working really? at Bullock's department store when I first started my career. So uh, I feel, and, and he's an advisor at Fashion Institute where I teach uh, on the board of advisors. So I feel like I could reach out to him in that context and say, hey, I, this person would like to meet you. And I think the worst he can say is drop dead, but. Uh, oh, there's worse. <laughs> maybe it's worse. Okay. <laughs> but let's but, say, but, but, but yeah. I think that that's where the diversity of ages and experiences really is nice in our group. You know, we have a diversity of as much diversity as possible. Because we do have some people, you know, if you have uh, one of the groups we met down in San Diego that was doing a lot of networking in bars and stuff like that, they were, mm. they were able to connect with each other really well and they found it very interesting. But they were always doing this sort of thing where they're saying, I know exactly who you should talk to. This is the person's name. Do not tell them that I told you to call because I'm kind of new there and I'll get trouble mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you couldn't really get you can get a lead but you really couldn't get a real connection mm -hmm. so when you know somebody like tom tom knows almost everybody and he's knows them well and if tom can connect me to like this person at macy's i've got a good chance of getting a meeting with that person yeah can i give you a, another quick yeah, story? yeah 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 i think you know maybe we'll do another one and uh i think i wanted to launch a question then we'll start wrapping up well, I also wanted to talk about, I know we touched a little bit on technology, but talking about how we can be so technologically connected and isolated, because we didn't really get to touch on that. And I know we wanted to. Yes. So yeah. anyways, continue with your story. Yeah, please. <laughs> Did we distract you? No, I'll tell you the story. We had this one guy, Stefan, in, in Focus Out. He had a dental lab. Okay, so they make crowns and bridges. Mm -hmm. and, that. and he'd come out from New York, and he was surprised how friendly everyone was out here in California, but they would not meet with him. And he wanted to meet our dentists because if he can get his foot in the door with one dentist, he can meet the rest of them. And I happen to know the perfect guy for Bob to meet. I mean, for Stefan to meet. And that's my friend, Bob. He's like the most connected dentist in this area. He actually knows, he's like the, the, the dentist that represents a lot of other dentists and councils and things like that. So. I knew that, and I also knew that Bob absolutely would not want me to introduce him to somebody like Stefan, mm -hmm. because he wants me to stay out of his business. He wants to be my dentist, not to be getting any advice from me on, on this. So we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and, and you know, technology is having a, a fun time with us, but Tom, finish your story. So cycling. Okay. Where was I? Cycling. Okay, Stephane, so Stefan cycles. So I got excited when I found out that he was in the cycling said do you have the road bike do you have the outfit and he said yes and i said oh my gosh i have just the way the person to introduce you to so that day i i started an email um, to bob and i connected him to stefan i said bob please meet my friend stefan he's from new york he's got a bike he's got the outfit he doesn't know where to cycle could you please help him and bob said absolutely like within 20 minutes he's replying to him saying Hey, Stefan, meet me at this Starbucks at 6.15 in the morning. You're going to ride with my group. We'll have lunch later. Bob's all excited about this. And I immediately called Stefan after he replied. I said, don't reply and tell him what you do for a living. He goes, I was just starting to tell him that. I said, wait, 
He's going to ask you at lunch. I'm sure of it. And sure enough, they went out to lunch after cycling 20 miles or 50 miles or whatever they do. And, uh, and they have, they have lunch and, um, they, um, Bob, and sure enough, Bob says, um, uh, sure enough, Bob says, so what do you do, Stefan? Stefan says, well, I'm a, I have a dental lab and I just started it up here in, in New York and, and here from New York and here in LA. And Bob says, oh my gosh, I'm a dentist. I can get you all connected. He says, I'm so happy to do it. And so he got all this business, so much business from that connection that he, um, that he didn't even need to stay in focus out much longer. That is great. That is so great. Uh, well, I think uh, there's a couple things that come to mind. I think uh, this question that you launched, Kristen, uh, was this idea of how can we be so tech technologically connected? Do we want to take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a quick break for one second, and then we'll come back and pick that up. Sounds great. We're back, and want to want to talk about this kind of uh, lingering question that you alluded to is this, how can we be so technologically connected, but yet so isolated? And uh, I mean, Kristen, maybe you want to launch your thoughts on this. You're, you're the millennial who is technologically connected more than I ever am. And uh, yeah, how, you know, how do you see that question? I think, and I was talking to somebody, a complete stranger in Home Depot the other day about how, you know, there's no face-to-face interaction. So we don't have that. And I think that there's something to be said of seeing somebody's face and, and hearing their voice and having that, that personal connection that does something to us. And it just makes us feel a little more comfortable. And I think when we're constantly dealing with screens or we're by ourselves, we become in this bubble and that can also be sort of detrimental to our emotional health. And so we continue to isolate ourselves and almost create like a self-imposed depression, I would think, you know, and you, when you feel bad, you just continue to do the things that make yourself feel worse. Like it's hard to get yourself out of it. And I think that's mm. how we continue to isolate ourselves. Right. Um, but I think also, you know, there needs to be, I think people have forgotten that cell phones are tools. You know, it's not supposed to be your best friend. It's not supposed to be your relationship, your family. It's a tool to connect you to them when they're not close, you know, um, but it's put it down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And talk to a stranger, hear their story again, ask them questions. Um, I was at Home Depot and if anybody has ever tried to copy a key at a Home Depot, you know, <laughs> we're going to wait. <laughs> and so we're waiting and we're waiting. And um, so I, I have several tattoos and I had uh, seen that she had had a couple. And so I just commented on hers. And I said, wow, you know, that's a gorgeous tattoo. And she goes, oh, you know, I, it's my favorite one. I have these others I don't like. And we started talking about that. And it turned into this beautiful conversation. I think we spoke for 20 minutes because we were still waiting for keys. And, you know, by the time it was all said and done, we almost felt like we should hug each other because those interactions don't happen anymore. And we felt really, really bonded to each other. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to notice, remember when, when you'd fly in an airplane, you usually met the person in the seat next to you and you had these kind of conversations. Yeah. The day. And now we have noise canceling headphones on. And we also could connect to the internet while we're on the flight or mm -hmm. watch a movie. And it's very common now that I do not meet any person sitting near, near me mm -hmm. on the airplane anymore. But I, what you're saying about cell phones, I mean, this is, I think one of the things is in a, in, in a face to face dialogue or even on the phone, it's a dynamic conversation. So when it's less dimensional in a text, I, I don't get your inflection. I don't get um, uh, everything you're saying to me. The body language, right? And and yeah. and so it's you know like there were I was in a seminar, a marketing seminar, about you know dealing with things in chat on sites or uh, in text, and you have to say, repeat things like, um, "Great, great, great," you know, "How are you doing? I'm doing great, great, great," and exclamation point after each one of them. You have to add this false inflection mm -hmm. across. What you're really, yeah, emotionally saying. Because if you well, don't, and all the emojis now, 
You know what I mean? Because if you just, I had somebody, um, when I was a student of yours, Tom at FITM, and I mean, I was 10 years older than everybody else in the class. And that's right. Yeah. And I would, in these group text messages for projects or whatever, I would put in punctuation. And I had one of the girls in the group, she was like, are you mad at me? I said, no, why? She was, well, you used a lot of periods. So I just think that you're mad at me. I'm like, oh my God, no, no, sweetheart. It's, it's grammar, first of all. So then I had to learn to put <laughs> in all of these emojis. So I'm like, okay, heart, 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 like happy face, happy face. Like, you know, laughter with tears. Like, I'm okay. This is not, you know, a serious conversation. But yeah, you have to right. put oh, that yes. inflection in. Uh, because it's not dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. the thing I like about a, a conversation is like, say I'm talking to a client of mine. Um, I don't really know where they're coming from, but when they start expressing that to me, I could shift right then and there in the in the conversation mm-hmm. to match it or to do something mm. that works for me. But if it's just transactional, you know, flat what's the price for this, mm-hmm. what's the quantity, when do you need them? That's it's just so. Yeah, I, I know, um, Tom, you gave a talk on on. Uh, authenticity and genuineness and i think maybe we could hopefully maybe schedule a future podcast and talk a little deeper about this idea of how you can be more genuine and focus on relationships i think that'd be kind of a good follow-up at some point in the future to really get into uh this detail yeah i think it it was it was something that was talking about that you know small talk and happiness uh are sometimes at odds with each other. I mean, we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We don't want to share the surprise now. Okay. Yeah. Let's save that for a future conversation. Uh, I will say though, you know, cause you had talked about conversations on an airplane. You have to make sure you have the right audience because some people, they really focus on catching up on their sleep. And I appreciate that. Oh yeah. But there are some times where I'm just like, no, I'm going to talk, you know, I mean, I was very lucky to have, I have a very outgoing family and one person in particular is my dad. I mean, my dad can go anywhere and he'll talk to anybody. My godfather can sell ice to an Eskimo and, and like, you know, the Eskimo is going to pay you for it because he's just done such a good job talking and he, and it's, it's meaningful. I mean, these guys have just been around people who know how to talk and now I talk. Um, I have certain friends who are like, okay, Kristen, we're going to go out to dinner. Please don't talk to the surrounding tables. Okay. Like just, just keep the dinner table. <laughs> don't don't do it and Uh you know but I think it's great because it's it not only increases the relationship but I it also I think brightens other people's days you Mm -hmm. know and I think that we've addressed it in a in a previous podcast about people being introverted and not necessarily knowing how to talk to strangers or wanting to and that's fine but I think you know I try to do something every time I go out and I just compliment a stranger, you know what? Like I'd be like, Hey Tom, you know what? Nice shirt. You know, Hey, nice jacket. Oh, I love your haircut. Or, you know, and it just, you can see people. They just smile like, Oh man, somebody noticed me. Oh man. Yeah. yeah I like this. I'm feeling powerful. this shirt too, you know? And you know, I'll be in an elevator. Somebody will say, Oh, nice dress. And I love the fact that they complimented me because it means they're paying attention to, you know what I mean? Not that mm-hmm. my dress is awesome, but that's just paying attention to other people. Um, but I'll say, oh, you know, got it at Target. And I just sort of further that conversation. And I've had people be like, don't tell people you got your dress at Target. I'm like, I'm going to tell them whatever the hell I want, because I think it's great. We're talking to strangers again. Let's do that. I think that a happy life is social. Yeah. And it's also conversationally deep. I think that what's going on right now with this coronavirus and COVID-19, whatever, is that with having to be isolated, it's going to be tough on that. Mm-hmm. And when it's all over, People are are going to be really wanting to get back together, to mm-hmm. get in the same rooms with other people. You know, people work with their laptop. They could work from home, but you notice how many of them work at Starbucks mm-hmm. or in a um, we work work environment. We're, we're, right. Even if they're not talking to those people, they, we don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that we can unpack that. I think uh, in a lot more about this idea of happiness and small talk, but also this concept of emotional intelligence that we kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, touched on earlier on today I yeah think, i'm going to uh, reach out to robert he does he talks a lot about emotional intelligence and um, life coaching and 
I'd love to bring him on as a guest. And honestly, Tom, whenever you want to come back, we'd love to have you. This is a great conversation. Yeah, this, this would be fantastic. And really this last yeah. topic about technology being connected or isolated, what comes to mind is this idea that a lot of us use our cell phones as barriers and don't pay attention yeah. to what's going on around us and the people around us. And I think it ties into our future topics about how companies um, need to execute strategy and execute it well. And, and a lot of one of the drivers of that is really this idea of how observant are you of what the customer wants and what they're doing and what they need. And uh, part of that is taking away the technology and actually observing what's going on in your environment. And so that, that sensitivity is this topic about how or why strategy is worthless without execution. Yeah, you liked when that person was focusing on you in the elevator and we don't like it when you didn't read my whole email and understand what I'm talking about because you're being distracted by several things as you're reading my email. That's yeah, we have a rule in my family now where if somebody is face down like in a phone and you need to be that focused on the phone, we just stop talking. And it's like, no, I'll, I'll continue when you're done because I want to be heard. And, you know, this is an important conversation. And what I'm saying is important to me. So, and it's nice, you know, we all respect that now. And I think, you know, we, we have a lot to talk about. I, I definitely, um, also yeah. while you were talking on a, on a different note, I think it would be interesting to talk about where the boundaries should be between networking within your own company. You know what I mean? And making okay. sure that people are, are having that bond. But where is the boundary between this is a really good networking relationship I have with my colleague versus maybe the boundaries have gone too far and we're not all necessarily friends here. Not everybody wants to be. Some people do. And I think that's great. I have some great friends that I used to work with. But, you know, where's the boundary between business and pleasure and, and getting it done? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need so, to have a format. You need to have somebody. There needs to be a structure. Need, yeah. A facilitator. Yeah. A leader. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, because things yeah. Yeah. And I think, weird. But and I think, I think this ties back into focus out of what we you know, discovered mm -hmm. about the impact of the right environment, right leadership, setting the tone, the intention right. of what, what we want to accomplish today. And I think it can be done focusing on the personal relationship, but done in a professional way. And I think that actually could add a lot of value for companies if they just realize how it could happen. We, and we can totally dive into that and make it a whole episode and a great blog and a great some how-tos on it. But um, Tom, it was so nice having you on this podcast. And I look forward to more. And that's just been so much fun. And for those that are listening, as always, if you have questions, please reach out and let us know. Uh, I was checking our statistics. Uh, welcome, India. We are now in India. We have people listening, and I think that's a lot of fun. How um, cool. We're now in the Netherlands and Australia, so we're, we're reaching. It's a lot of fun. Every week, we seem to be in a, in a new country. So again, How if cool. anybody new listening has any questions, um, you can go to our website, thesolinskystrategy.com, reach out on our contact form. I think that's probably the easiest way. We do have some of you listening on Anchor. Uh, you can click that message tool and leave us a message. Uh, we do have some questions. We are going to follow up with those uh, next week when we'll have a podcast directly ask, um, answering those questions. So, Fantastic. Well, we covered a lot of territory about how networking is broken some ideas around uh, and some great stories, Tom, that you shared of examples of how people tend to be and how we want to maybe uh, work to influence that, uh, focus out role in that, and then this idea of how we can be so technologically connected but yet so isolated. And we're mm -hmm. definitely interested in opening networking groups in New Zealand and Thailand and uh, I'm sorry, other places. All the different places. <laughs> India, all India, over. Yes, all over. I so. will be doing a blog on this and we'll be sort of touching on what we talked about. And then I will make sure that there's information. So if you want to reach out to either Tom and talk about Focus Out and again, um, learning more about that, you can as well. So Awesome. Thanks again, Tom. Really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in the Thank near you, future. Good all see right. You. Thank, see you soon. Thank Thanks. you, Chris. Until next time. Take care. Bye now. Tom, could you tell us a little bit about kind of your company and and uh, a little bit about how people can reach you? Sure, I'm, I'm mostly associated with a company called Halo Branded Solutions. And that is a company that does advertising on branded merchandise, branded apparel, 
We support um, uh, coming up with ways to represent your brand on something you can give out to a client or at a trade show. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's probably the best way. Okay. And can you maybe say and spell your name for everybody just so they know how to, sure. how to reach you? Well, I mostly write my name is Thomas. So you know me as Tom, but it's Thomas in written form. And my last name is Amistoy, which is A-M-E-S-T-O-Y. Great. And is there an email too that they might be able to reach you? It would be thomas.amistoy at halo.com, which is H-A-L-O. And we'll make sure that all of your contact information is in the blog as well so people can click easily just in case they're driving and are not able to write this information down. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Tom. Thank all you, right. Kristen.